Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You know, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that. Free. Switch to Pure Talk today and you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. Now, qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and, of course, mobile hotspot. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean and claim your eligibility for free, your brand-new Samsung 5G smartphone. Again, it's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, and switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. All right, glad you're with us. Happy Tuesday. I am feeling so good and more confident than I have ever felt since this this process, as we described it many times throughout the process, of peeling a layer of an onion after a layer of an onion. We're now getting there. And the most amazing thing is you can never underestimate the ability of the American people to discern truth from lies. The, I've always said we are a good people. You know, the whole human experience tells us about good and evil. The human experience talks about every single human being being flawed. Um, we all have our flaws. Even Linda has her flaws. Um, but the reality is, you know, maybe there are some people that are weak Maybe there are some people that are evil. The majority of Americans are good people. And but for the United States of America, I'd hate to think what this world would really look like today. You know, we're the country that the one power throughout history, we have accumulated more power than any other country in the history of man and the ability to use that power. And no country, as imperfect as we we are, has used it to advance the human condition and fought against evil and didn't seek anything in return, but perhaps at times in in return, what did what do we ask for? A place to bury our our dead that were fighting against evil in their time. The beaches of Normandy, for example. You know, but America beat back the forces of fascism, Nazism, communism, 
Imperial Japan. Uh, America did. Americans did all that. America stands for everything that's good. There's never been a, a country in the history of man in the world accumulated more power and abused it less than the United States of America. There's never been a power that has accumulated more power and used it to advance the human good than the United States of America. And, okay, you want to tell me America's imper- imperfections and sins? We all know them. And, and one of the, the great untold stories of our framers and founders is that in their utter brilliance, they built a system built into the system of government, this republic of ours, the ability to right wrongs and correct injustices, and they have been proven that it works. If Hillary Clinton had won, we wouldn't be even talking about these scandals today because they all would have been covered up. In so many different ways, it's painful you know, especially as somebody that loves law enforcement, believes in the intelligence community and in a dark, evil world. I love the fact that we have the most powerful tools of intelligence. You know, I want to believe that the, that these weapons of, of the powerful weapons we give people are going to be used responsibly. And now we know that was not the case among some. Many responsible people. I will tell you, it's an untold story. But when we get to the bottom of all of this, all starting, you know, in 2011, there was a great timeline put together by Cheryl Atkinson reminding us what Sarah Carter, John Solomon, had reported that the U.S. intelligence community vastly expanding their surveillance authority, giving the intel community permission to spy on Americans who did nothing more than mention a a foreign target in a single discreet communication. That is the unfettered power, I think, a couple of Fridays ago that Judge Ellis was talking about. We can't have that. And then, of course, you know, Hillary Clinton improperly using unsecured personal email domains, you know, to email President Obama from Russia. But then, of course, they changed that to, oh, by the way, this is important. Uh, we'll redact the name Obama, we'll put in the name high-ranking government official to cover for Obama, because that means Obama knew about the Clinton server in the mom-and-pop shop bathroom that James Comey's first draft said had been hacked by six foreign intelligence services at least. We know it was hacked. It's unbelievable. Everyone said, well, where did the emails come from? Well, who knows? Just, you know, put names in a hat. Russia, China, North Korea, Iran. Throw names in a hat. They probably all have them. And then, of course, the FBI interviews Carter Page. Then we get into the warrant. We're talking about the biggest abuse of power in the history of this country. And what is now happening here, you know, I know they had this big meeting yesterday between the FBI director, Chris Wray, Rod Rosenstein and other top intel officials in the White House asking that and saying the president Trump, the DOJ, they now are saying that the inspector general will investigate the Obama administration for spying on the Trump campaign. That's not a good idea because it's 18 months later and we still don't have the report from the inspector general. He has 500 people working for him. We're going to get it 18 months later. We cannot afford as a country 
to put all of this in the hands of the inspector general who doesn't have the authority to convene a grand jury and indict people. So why don't we put it in the hands of those people? And they're revealing that John Kelly's going to set up a meeting for Congress. I don't trust any of this. They have been covering up and covering up and obstructing and obstructing and obstructing time and time again. And when the Department of Justice is subpoenaed by Congress, according to our Constitution, you cannot ignore Congress. Separation of powers, co-equal branches of government. What does co-equal mean? We know what it means. But they have been obstructing. They have, they have used the, the, the name of national security. They've thrown it around like, oh, that was national security. We can't reveal this. That they've lied to us, slow walking everything. But what is unfolding before our eyes and what makes me feel good is the deep state in this country, as horrible as these things are, they now are being revealed everything that we've been unpeeling and it's now about to come cascading down and the house of cards is about to bust open you see in these cracks in the deep state and their dam and it's about to burst and now to the point where you have all this liberal media the new york times washington post confirming everything we have started uncovering since march what 7th 2017 yeah there was a fisa warrant issued against the trump campaign And Donald, remember the media laughed when the president said, I was spied on. Well, he was. There were even spies in the campaign. And not one, probably more. This is not, we lose our country. You understand how important this is. We lose the United States of America if we don't get to the bottom of this. We lose our Constitution You lose your liberty if government deep state actors for political purposes can favor one candidate over another candidate and work to literally undermine the candidacy of one one party. And then if he wins, delegitimize that presidency and even attempt a soft coup by creating a phony story and and phony narrative to delegitimize and then put the screws to people you know, that had nothing to do with what the so-called investigation is about. So they start singing and composing whatever they need to compose that might go against the president that would lead to prosecution or impeachment. That's what this is all about. Watergate, nothing. Third-rate break-in. But you think about it, the parallels are similar. Bunch of people that thought that they could break into the opposition, get a little info. This is so much bigger than that. This is a this is a red line. This is it. Devin Nunes is right. Now that we have not one, maybe two spies in this uh, in this operation against Donald Trump's campaign. Now it's very simple. Starts with Hillary. Starts with her violating the Espionage Act. Her putting top secret special access programming confidential information on a mom-and-pop shop server to, over, to circumvent congressional oversight. Then it's subpoenaed, and she doesn't want it subpoenaed, so she makes up a lie, 33,000 emails. I deleted subpoenaed emails because of yoga, a wedding, a funeral, and talking to my husband. Whoops, I didn't know my husband did an email, though. 
So yoga, a wedding, and a funeral, 33,000 emails. Even Comey admitted when he, when he laid out a stinging indictment and then pulled back at the last minute that they didn't look at every email like she had said. And then, of course, Comey, Strzok, Page, Deputy Attorney General, McCabe, Loretta Lynch, tarmac meetings, exoneration uh, uh, drafts written months before the investigation, before talking to her, before talking to 17 other people. It's all covered up. And then it goes further. Then it's about spies in the Trump campaign before the election. Why did the FBI put spies in there? Where's the warrant for those spies? What was the purpose for those spies? Where were the spies in the Clinton campaign? I guess there weren't any. These are the tactics, spying on an opposition party during an election, and then you abusing the most intrusive form of warrant, which is clearly right on the edge of constitutionality, the FISA warrant, to spy on an American citizen. Now, to get that warrant, the standard is rightly very high. But that standard, you literally had people that presented Hillary's bought and paid for, created by a foreign agent, Christopher Steele, with funneled money through Perkins Coie to Fusion GPS that results in Russian lies, Russian government lies, never verified, corroborated. The judges in the original application, three subsequent applications, Sally Yates signed one, Rod Rosenstein signed the last one. And the bulk of information came from the phony dossier that even Christopher Steele under oath in Great Britain in an interrogatory said, oh, no, that was just raw intelligence, maybe (laughs) 50-50. I didn't mean for it to be taken as gospel truth was used to get a FISA warrant, three subsequent renewals. The Wall Street Journal says, we cannot recall a similar case even in the J. Edgar Hoover days when the FBI decided it needed a snoop on a presidential campaign. The same J. Edgar Hoover, notorious for having files on everybody in Washington, spying. I thought those days were over. Mark Penn A blistering op-ed we went over yesterday. Stunning how Penn goes on to explain the facts are undeniable. Mueller's on a crusade to get Trump. And the deep state, his words, are real. And the FBI rigged the Clinton investigation. And then they unfairly targeted the Trump campaign and the president-elect and now the president. Ted Olson. out with the new piece. He explains how Mueller's witch hunt could be setting us up for a massive constitutional crisis in this country i'm going to go over cheryl atkinson's definitive collusion against trump timeline it's breathtaking when you take it all in we've been right and the media has been talking about stormy and russia all right as we roll along sean hannity show 800-941-SEAN I mean, the stuff that i mean to, for mark penn to go out the way he did and see it the way he's seeing it And former Solicitor General of the United States, Ted Olson, brilliant man. I know his wife, Barbara, she was on the flight that hit the Pentagon on 9-11-2001. Remember exactly where I was when I got the call said, uh, Barbara Olson was probably on that flight. I was on the air at the time. And uh, Cheryl Atkinson, you know, every single key moment in this entire massive abuse of power scandal, 
you know, and to watch the media now begin to try and catch up to all of this and, you know, a part of it maybe, I guess, is rewarding, but it's like, really? And then the way they catch up is to try and spin it in their, their deep state friends' interests. And I guarantee you if it was Hillary Clinton and that the deep state had spies in her campaign because they wanted to help Trump, I guarantee you the narrative in this country would be so dramatically different as if you needed more evidence of how abusively biased and corrupt and lazy your news media is. Yeah, I've got Washington Post, secret FBI source, no, the spy for the Russia investigation, met with three Trump advisors during the campaign. Then we had, uh, what's his name on last night? She was on with Laura Ingram, the guy that nearly, uh, Cavuto, uh, Caputo that nearly lost his house. He said, I know I was approached by somebody else. That would be two spies. Devin Nunes suggested as much. You know, I like uh, USA Today. You know, they're now getting in on the act, and, and so the networks are barely covering it. But they're starting to because they're being forced to do their job because it's such an embarrassment. And they're not going to say, I'm sorry, I know Hannity was right about the election, about Obama, and about this. We just want to say, oh, you want to hear something funny? Apparently 60 Minutes is looking for me to do a feature of me. Yeah, I'm going to really, I'm going to, I'm going to jump in on that one tomorrow. Yeah, where they, we know what they'll do, they'll do five hours of taping, just like, you know, fake edited news by Ted Koppel. Uh-huh. I know their tricks. Now, I'll tell you what, I think about it if it's direct to tape, and they have to air it all. All right, 800 Sean, toll-free telephone number. You want? I was on the phone. What do you want? Why are you looking at me like that? I was ready. What is that that you're eating? So earlier... Linda's food, I just don't know any other way to explain it. It's just when you look at it, it is so disgusting. No normal person eats like this. And she's drinking like this thick orange gruel. Look who's talking. There was a time period where you ate celery sticks by the head. I love celery sticks. With a lot of salt. (laughs) Yeah, make them really healthy. Uh, What was the gruel that you were... So I've been upgraded from drool. I went from, well, from orange drool to gruel. Well, I, I don't. I meant to say gruel. Some of us like to treat our body like a temple. Okay, and what did you put in your temple that was orange? That my looked, temple it looked like the green version of the spit in The Exorcist that came projectile vomited oh out. Oh my God! Really? What? It did. Really? Yeah, did you except, like watch that last night? And you can't get out. This of your would head be or something? this would be the orange version though of what was her name Linda Blair. Firing out. They actually kind of look like Linda Blair, right? Not Linda Blair. What's the woman's name from Terminator? All right. Next. Next. Actually, I I can see that. I can see that a little. A lot of people think that. Yeah. All right. Next point. Digression. Sorry. Back back to my orange What is in that thing you're drinking now? This is a protein shake. It is banana and protein and uh, peanut butter. It's a very common smoothie known across America. Is there any kale in it or anything like that? No, that'll be later. That's later tonight. We have the kale. Earlier, I had pumpkin seeds and butternut squash. Have you ever taken Liam, who's two, to McDonald's yet? Has he had any yes, French fries? Yes, he has. He loves French fries. He's two. All he eats is chicken fingers and French fries. That's our. That's his daily okay. diet. All right. At least, he, at least there's one. And pasta. Yeah, exactly. Listen, there was a whole decade of my son's life. He only ate pasta with butter. 
I oh my god, that's pasta literally with first butter. of all, that's like Lauren's favorite dish ever. Mine she, like, too. I wish dish. I could eat pasta with butter. Oh, forget every day. about it. And I could eat McDonald's. Oh my and god, can Wendy's I tell you a really and... funny story? It has nothing to do with politics. No. So this is she knows what I'm going to say. So the other day, we're, I'm reading this. You know, I'm reading something with analytics, and this story comes up, and it says you might be interested in this. Recent study finds that eating pasta every day will make you lose weight. I'm like, Lauren, oh, my God. I read it, too. Put Did together you, wait, by the pasta industry wait, of the it world. It was out by Barilla. <laughs> yeah, Dude, exactly. I was so sad that day. Uh, I did see the same thing. I'm like, I didn't even waste any time. Talk right about now. fake news. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I, and then I saw it in another report because I knew immediately it wasn't true. Oh, I Googled it like crazy. I'm like, I need to know if Just from true. my own life experience, if I eat pasta, I literally look at pasta. I love macaroni and cheese. Oh, forget about I it. I like the craft kind, not the one in the, the uh, not the powder. Come on. The gooey, disgusting orange oh, stuff. that's sort really of like, So you're going like to talk what, about butternut squash, which is healthy from the ground. Yeah, ask anybody. It's a root vegetable. Jason, what would you rather have, mac and cheese by Kraft, or would you rather have the gruel she was sucking down earlier? Yeah, gruel I was sucking down. There's a visual. Yeah, I'm eating thin mints from the from the Girl Scouts. Those are delicious. Uh, uh, all right, there you go. What about you? You know, you can I, lose a few pounds too. Just you know. Oh, yeah. forgot. No, he he looks fine. This okay. coming from the guy who puts butter on his own buttered popcorn. I mean, come on. Oh, absolutely. Man. That's a, no, the buttered popcorn and the butter from the buttered popcorn is not real butter. You got to put real well, butter, put butter on top, on top of, of it. Of the butter that's already on it. You're exactly animal. right. It's liquid heart attack. It's, I'm so glad we clarified. Yeah, but I, I don't even. I only eat popcorn when Jason makes it because the smell consumes the studio, and it's the worst thing to eat while you're on the air. You can't talk. What yeah, do you, you have against it. health food? I don't have anything against health food. I actually eat. I think fairly healthy. I have egg whites every day for breakfast. Uh, no yolk. There's a lot of protein there. I know. Some days I do the whole egg. I do. I, I think must have been an egg. Was well, that you gorging yourself or something? No, I like it, and that's what I eat for my protein after my workout. And then I usually will try to suck it up until I go home after TV, and then I will cook either a steak, chicken, or a pork chop, and then have some vegetables with it, and that's it. Go to bed. Maybe a white Russian. Sounds like a good day. Maybe a Coors Light. Yeah, exactly. Sounds like a perfect day. Um, but you do got you don't eat anything that I eat. I've never. You s- and I do not have a similar uh, yeah. palate. Like, no. do you like you love the sushi that I bought everybody, right? Or you don't like sushi? I love sushi. Okay, I don't like sushi. I I can barely tolerate a California roll, and it's California fake. rolls are not sushi. Okay, it's fake That's crab. Sushi for people who don't know anything about sushi. It's it's basically so you can bring somebody like me to a sushi exa- restaurant. No, I would take you to one of those Asian fusion places where you could get like broccoli and chicken. Yeah, okay, and I it's better food. than octopus. You know, raw. Octopus is o- delicious. Okay, I'm not eating. I Although use, I have a hard time eating octopus because I really like those creatures. And squid, uh, squid on my line when I'm catching fish. I've never been fishing. I don't know anything about this. Now, Ethan's the yeah, best you use fisherman. a lot of a lot of squid, but I yeah. I do I I grew up not eating calamari squid at all, and now I've grown to actually like it a lot. Listen, it says your your taste palates, the taste buds every change every seven years. All right, that's an Irish thing because I don't remember mine ever changing. I've always yes, liked it does. Cor- I've always liked Coors Light. I've always liked corned beef and cabbage. I've always liked McDonald's. I've always right, liked pizza. But there are certain times in your life and steak where it tastes better. Because your palate is changing. Yeah, so I know what it tastes. your brain tells you you like it. It tastes better every time I'm on a diet because I'm so starving. <laughs> even if I was eating your your silly orange, you know, gruel you over there. You would try it. No, I would not try it. For the record, I would have the mac and cheese. 
Yeah, exactly. Craft macaroni and cheese. They should what be an about advertiser. Homemade macaroni. It's and the cheese. worst. Oh, homemade it's the worst. Ma- I've never had homemade macaroni that beats crap macaroni oh, and cheese. Oh, forget about it. I, not the crap, not the totally. powdered cheese. The powdered cheese is crap. The real gooey orange cheese cheddar that you squeeze on the hot, you know, cooked That's macaroni. That's barely cheddar. That's like Velveeta wannabe. I, it's no, not Velve- cheddar. By the way, Velveeta has their version with shells, and it's not as good as Kraft's. I've tried them all. You know what this really sad part is, is when I had no money. I would make that, a whole box of it, and eat the whole box. Oh, yeah. Or rice chicken. Oh, my God. I love and I would consume the entire box. Those were the good days. Now, because I'm older, and if I look at food, I get fat. I can't eat what manorexic. I want. You just need to own it. Okay. Look at me. I'm not skinny like I used You're to be. You're skinny. Oh, you see, wait a minute. We've been airing, like when I, we aired recently, Jose Rodriguez, he was in the room when Khalid Sheikh Mohammed was being waterboarded. And when we aired that, it was however many years ago. And I have gained so much weight. It's so embarrassing. No, no, you haven't. My hair is so much darker. I got a lot of, yeah, I actually, now people say, why don't you put a little coloring in your hair? I'm not putting coloring in my hair. That's just not me. It's not my personality. Like, I would never, I promise you I will die having never had a manicure or pedicure. I remember the night you played the Jose Rodriguez clip. Right. I remember your comments afterwards, how you were like, oh, I look different then. I have to tell you. I looked a lot better then. You look more built now. That's the difference. You've been working out a lot. That's what happens. You bulked up. I train five days a week now with uh, my sensei, Glenn Rubin. And I mean, we we're out there today. Train- Does Glenn think you're fat? Glenn thinks I'm strong as an ox. He can't Does he believe think it. Think you're fat? You know what he says? He goes, "Man, I'm good at my job." Yeah, I <laughs> asked the question. <laughs> I asked yeah, the question. Yeah, he, he thinks I should lose about ten pounds on my gut. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And then the times when I like lose six pounds, he notices. You know, we have pain day where he actually. And you got to. This guy has been training March. Martial arts has 11 black belts and 11 di- different arts. And he's built his own eclectic blend of arts, Krav Maga and Kempo and Jiu-Jitsu uh, and boxing is a big part of it. It's basically street fighting martial arts. Uh, you know, we got to what we do is we train. And then on pain days, what he does is he hits me so hard in the stomach. That on the fifth shot, I, he drops me. But all of you could sit and punch me all day. You know, uh, you you never, it doesn't put any, phase me at all. As hard as you can. No, you've trained for that, and that's what, what you have for. to do. Well, this is like, I'm literally banging my arms. I mean, he punches So right him. now, I'm getting emails from our, our friends. Yeah. Ellen Karish just emailed me, Calamari, well, I won't be inviting Sean over for Greek food any soon, time soon. Well, baklava is delicious. Then Shelly Bruner. Wait, 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 hold on. I like wait. Greek salad. Does that count? Greek salad. Although I take like ninety percent of the feta cheese and move it away. What? It's it's so overbearing. Just a little bit is fine. And what about just, the olives? No, I throw them away too. With all you the you know salt? that's not a Greek salad. Then you took away Greek olives. You took away no. the feta. So you're eating lettuce. All right, but lettuce, tomato, onions. Yeah, that's a right. That's called a garden salad. I like. Congratulations, you're woodling. And I know a little bit of the feta cheese that makes it a Greek salad. All right, what else? Our moonshine friend Shelly writes, "You're forcing me to hit my Twizzler stash." (laughs) (laughs) Well, Twizzlers actually aren't bad. I mean, if you're gonna have to have a snack, no, it's very true. 
And if you're just dying, the other thing is, is I'll suck on pretzels and then just spit them out. Uh, no, I think just you take should. The salt. You, you suck the salt. I mean, I really should just bring in a, a, a salt got, dispenser. I suck the salt. We're going to buy you a salt lick for Christmas, you know, one of those deer salt licks, and just put it right on <laughs> your Himalayan desk and be block. like, hey, go at it. All right, now there's another thing. So I got a note from somebody at Fox. I want to share this with you guys. Because oh, we were talking about it off air a lot, and I just mentioned it as we were going to the break. Anyway, it's somebody that I know really well, and the message is simple. Uh, Ron, hope things are well, blah, 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 blah. My former colleagues at 60 Minutes want to do a profile of Hannity. Wondering if you had the best contact for him. Okay. I wrote back, no. Not happening. Because this is what 60 Minutes does. It's the same thing when I went... I've known Koppel for years, right? I said, all right, he's a pain in my ass asking me to do an interview. I don't feel like doing interviews. I'm on four hours a day. I think that's enough Hannity. I have to, what I have to say, I say it every day and every night. And we're working, everybody on this show and everybody on TV, we are working harder than we ever have. And we've broken more stories than, frankly, all of CBS in the last year and a half, and that includes their local affiliates. They're so lazy, everybody in the media. So this is what 60 Minutes will do. They will sit me down, and they'll bring me to my old hometown and my old high school, and we'll walk around, well, you once thought about being a priest? No, they said, I, my father wanted me to say that, so I get in the school. Okay, then they're going to say, now, let's talk about uh, this, this, and this. No, we really want to share your point of view. We want to get what you really think. What drives you every day? Well, I, I sum it up every day on air. So you really don't want to get to the truth about who Sean Hannity is, that, yeah, I'm the guy that started as the dishwasher, and I'm, I'm so blessed and so lucky. Yes, by God. I believe in God 60 Minutes. I'm sure they'll edit that out. And then we'll get to the point I'll spend five hours interviewing with them until they get the 18 minutes they want to slaughter me. And then they'll say, and then Sean Hannity talks to the president. How often does he talk to the Does the president want to take advice from this idiot? That's the piece. That's what the piece will be. And, and I just, then they'll talk about everything you ate and how you no, talk about not. it. No, they're not. They'll talk about your gruel. Or yeah, maybe, right. Or maybe we'll get lucky as they'll come in and Linda will overwhelm them and turn them into, you know, oh, let's do Linda. And I'll be like, yeah, do Linda. Let's do it. Let's do Linda's interview. They'll have to bleep out half the interview, but I think they'll get a lot I of I think they would. And I'm just sitting there. You know what? I don't think anybody in this audience. Right, let's take a quick poll. Becky in Alabama. Oh, God. Poor <laughs> Becky. Becky, should I do 60 minutes or no? No, no, absolutely not. Michael in Corpus Christi, would, do you think I should do 60 Minutes or no? Heck no. Heck no. Mike in New York, should I do 60 Minutes? What do you think, Mike? No. No. Tony, what do you think in Colorado? Should I do 60 Minutes? Absolutely. Yeah, it says on the line, Tony Colorado liberal. That's what it says right next to his name. So, yeah. All right, Linda, should I do 60 Minutes? Absolutely not. Ethan? No. J.C. Owen? No. Sunshine? No. Wow, that was quick. You didn't even get to 60 Minutes yet. They haven't gotten to Who me. Who needs a PR person when you got America? Which means we'll probably do it anyway. No, well, I did a couple of times, and I what did I say after a couple of them? All of I you were right. I should have listened to you. I should have listened to you. I'm they, not doing the should have listened to you thing again. You know, and Ted Koppel was the biggest disappointment. He, I, I, he guy interviews me for over an hour. 
And he literally wants, what was it, a minute and seven seconds. Was it even? We just have to, to give make some him... credit to the American people that they're somewhat intelligent and that they know the difference between an opinion show and a news show. Yeah. yeah. You're, not, you're cynical. Look at that. Yeah, I yeah. am cynical yeah. because, uh, you know. You think we're bad for America? You think yeah. I'm bad for America? Yeah. You do? In the, in the long haul, I think you really? and all these opinion That's shows. That's sad, Ted. No, you know why? That's sad. Because you're very good at what you do and because you have, you have attracted a significantly you more influential. Well, let me finish the sentence. Let me finish the sentence. And I'm trying Honestly. to be respectful. Right. With all finish. You, yes. You have, you have attracted people who are determined that ideology is more important than facts. He ended it there. And I was being respectful. He goes, let me front it. All right. And I'm like, I gave him an answer. You know, he, he didn't. I gave him every statistic about Obama, how awful the eight years under Obama were for the forgotten men and women. I told him what drives me, what motivates me, what inspires me, what, what why I want to do this every day. They don't give a flying rip about what drives. All they want to do is say they want to use me to say to hurt, to somehow associate me with the president because I like him and say, look, at the president has done interviews with this guy. That's all they want to do. You know what? It ain't happening. You know what? I know your gig. I know your phony games. I know what fake edited news is, CBS. I know it all. And I'm not playing your game. Now, maybe if they gave me live to tape. So you're a maybe. No. They're never going to give anyone live <laughs> you to give tape. give that whole speech and then live, live to tape. Live to tape, and they got to edit it. They got to run it right the way it goes. They no. just want you for ratings. Well, that's probably part of it. Too. Why should I help their ratings? That's a good point. Why should we? Anyway. I think he's serious. I think he... Uh would like to see that happen. He, at the same time, he's going into a future that's different from what they've had. But I think he's absolutely very serious, yes. John? Can you give us an update, sir, just on where things stand with, with the summit? Uh, President Moon's national security advisor on the way here seemed to think that things are on track and that this will indeed happen. Well, we're moving along and we'll see what happens. Uh, there are certain conditions that we want and I think we'll get those conditions. And if we don't, we don't have the meeting. And frankly, it has a chance to be a great, great meeting for North Korea and a great meeting for the world. Uh, if it doesn't happen, uh, maybe it'll happen later. Maybe it'll happen at a different time. But we will see. Uh, but we are talking. Uh, the meeting scheduled, as you know, on June 12th in Singapore. And uh, whether or not it happens, you'll be knowing pretty soon. But we're talking right now. North Korea has a chance to be a great country. And it can't be a great country under the circumstances that they're living right now. But North Korea has a chance, really, to be a great country. And I think they should seize the opportunity. And we'll soon find out whether or not they want to do that. For a short period of time, we've been dealing with North Korea. And it's been a, you know, good experience. We have three hostages back. They're home. They're living with their families. They're very, very happy. And uh, so I can only speak for a very short period of time, but it's been a uh, relationship that seems to be working, and we'll see how long it continues to work. Hopefully it's going to work for a long time, John. All right, that was uh, President Trump at the White House earlier today with the president of South Korea. Uh, what you were listening to, for those of you in the media, well, it may not happen. That means all of this has failed. 
Uh, no, what you were listening to was the art of negotiation and the art of the deal. Because, let's see, we already had North Korea stop firing missiles over Japan and threatening Guam and threatening the U.S. and the rest of the world and the Korean Peninsula. And on top of that, we watched Kim Jong-un cross over the DMZ into the arms of the South Korean president. Not something I think six months ago we thought we were going to see. Then on top of that, we did get the three hostages released. Cargo plane loads of cash were not sent uh, to buy their release. And on top of that, I think we're we're in a much better position. And my guess is this probably will happen. And if not in June, then it will happen at some future date. Just like uh, our new secretary of state warning Iran, comply or you will be sorry. Joining us now, uh, Newt Gingrich. He has a new book coming out. I think it's uh, June 5th, and it's called Trump's America. Um, how are you, Mr. Speaker? Uh, glad to talk to you again. We always love having you. Well, I'm doing very well, and I must say, I think the president's calm, steady approach to North Korea, uh, his signaling that, you know, we'd like to meet, we think it'd be good to meet, but uh, if we don't meet, it'll be all right. That actually is the best possible way to increase the pressure on Kim Jong-un, because it says you can dance, you can make noise, you can do all you want to, but in the end, the meeting is a greater advantage to North Korea than it is to the U.S., and if you want to give up that advantage, that's your prerogative. I, I think it's a very sound, very smart strategy. At the very same time, they're dismantling the nuclear site where they were test firing all of these missiles. So that's another achievement. And again, if this doesn't come off as planned, there's still a lot of wins here. And I believe the pressure will mount on on Kim Jong-un to probably uh, keep this date or set a date soon thereafter. Well, it's very clear if you look at the president of South Korea coming to visit that we have an alliance that's very firm, and that people who are worried that somehow the South Korean, the new South Korean president might drift away from us, that has certainly been put to rest. I mean, he, he is doing everything he can to be a partner with President Trump, and I think that this whole thing is coming together. And again, it's a, it's a very masterful orchestration by Trump and the administration. Uh, and I think you have to give the entire team, uh, John Kelly, John Bolton, uh, Secretary Pompeo, Secretary Mattis, working with the president, they have really put together a very effective strategy. I think that's really well said. You know, on top of this now, um, if you look at the promise on making Jerusalem the capital of Israel and then getting out of the bad Iranian deal and the tough words of I, I'm actually I'm very fond of Secretary of State Pompeo. I think he's the right choice. Bolton also a good choice. Um, now you've got the Trump, uh, Trump economy now continuing record-breaking performance. And what's so fascinating about this is we have 14 states with record low unemployment rates. We have record low unemployment numbers with African Americans, Hispanic Americans, uh, on top, and, and women in the workplace. And, of course, the tax cuts, the biggest in our history. For the first time... In American history, we literally have a path towards energy independence that I think is one of the most important things we do for national security. And the president's pressing hard. We did get rid of the individual mandate, but the president's pressing hard for revamping the health care system and getting the wall built. To me, it's a matter of simple logic. You keep your promises and you will do well at the ballot box. Well, I, th- I think two th- if I can add two things to that, uh, the Gallup people came out and said that 
we now have the highest belief that you could get a good job in the history of that question. They began asking it in 2001. It is now dramatically higher than it's ever been. I think 64 or 65% of the American people said they were confident that you could get a good job. Uh, and in addition, there's a survey I just saw over 30 minutes ago that uh, for the very first time this year, the Republicans are ahead on the generic ballot. By six points. Out to be true. By six that points. Be, that is true. Well, that, if, that, if that's sustained all the way to Election Day, that will be a disaster. And if you think you saw the Democratic left go crazy on election night in 2016, if they end up having a terrible election this fall, after all the hatred, all the anger, all the energy, they will just literally, I think, be psychotic. It'll be unbelievable to watch the left react if they lose this fall. You've been saying that at 10 o'clock on election night 2016, there was sort of like between the media and the left in America, just this collective meltdown and, and psychotic breakdown in their thinking. And they haven't they haven't accepted the truth yet that Donald Trump's president. Now, on top of all of that, we have now learned a lot of things. We've learned we know Hillary committed crimes. I mean, it's this is all multifaceted, but it's irrefutable now. It's incontrovertible. We know that she obstructed justice when she deleted subpoenaed emails, acid washed the hard drive, broke up her devices. We know that people like Comey and Strzok put the fix in, rigged the investigation. And then we know that three days after she was exonerated without really having an investigation, that they began this Trump-Russia collusion nonsense based on four-way hearsay. And, and as a result of all of this, look where we are. We have abuse of the FISA courts on four separate occasions, four judges lied to, even Christopher Steele himself, a foreign national who got the Russian sources that put together the Clinton paid for dossier. Even he said in an interrogatory in Great Britain under oath, oh, this is just raw intelligence, maybe 50-50. I never said it was 100 uh, percent as it relates to the dossier. But that became the bulk, to use the Grassley-Graham memo, of the of the application for the first FISA warrant and the three subsequent FISA warrants, the last one signed by Rod Rosenstein. And then they never told the judge either that she paid for it. Well, look, I'm going to surprise you for a second. I'm actually beginning to feel optimistic that America is once again going to prove how deeply it's committed to the rule of law, and we are going to root out all of these scoundrels and a number of them are going to end up in jail. And we are going to vindicate the idea that the rule of law is at the heart of being American and that enforcing the Constitution is the key to America's continued freedom. And I think that uh, the election of Trump and the degree to which the Clintons could no longer sustain the corruption may be one of the great turning points in American history. And I can just feel, and you feel the same thing, because You've done more than any other single person to cover this in detail as it unfolded. Uh, and you know that gradually you're seeing out of the mist all sorts of facts come together in a way where there are even brief moments now where the New York Times and the Washington Post have to report them. Uh, and that is such a breakthrough psychologically uh, that I think it is going to truly uh, have enormous impact. I will tell you it has been a difficult task because it, when we first 
announced on Hannity, the television program, it was Sarah Carter and John Solomon. They deserve all the credit, and they have worked every day since, as Greg Jarrett has worked every day since, and and Sebastian Gorka, and Sidney Powell, and David Schoen, and you. You've been a big part of this, and Jay Sekulow, and, and that's basically it. And, you know, for an entire 18-month period, Mr. Speaker, the, the media narrative has been Russia, Russia. That didn't work out, so they now deviated, and they basically have every show on cable co-hosted by Stormy Daniels' attorney. And in the meantime, I believe this is the biggest abuse of power and corruption scandal in American history. You're a greater historian than I am. Well, listen, I began to really see it widen when Alan Dershowitz, a very famous liberal constitutional lawyer at Harvard, came out and was so offended and so frightened by what Mueller was doing and what Rosenstein was doing that he began to publicly complain. And now, as you know, yesterday, Mark Penn, a former advisor to Hillary Clinton and former pollster for Bill Clinton, when he writes a column saying that that for for the sake of our freedom, Mueller has to go, and then the Mark Penn piece, I think, uh, is one of the great breaks in the system that begins to indicate that they're now on a downward slope, and I think they're never going to recover. I don't think, you know, desperate people do desperate things. And as we now await the IG report, which rumors I hear and people I talk to, I have my sources every day, they believe it's going to be as devastating to people like James Comey as the report that he put out, the IG, on Andrew McCabe, who now is facing a criminal referral. Uh, So, you know, we do know all of these things happen, and yet the media in this country ignored it and then called me a conspiracy theorist. I've been, everything we've reported is now proven true, as you mentioned, as evidenced by the New York Times, Washington Post. They now have to cover, you know, stories we broke, you know, over a year ago. Well, and I, but I think what's happening, and not only are you being vindicated, but in a really deep, profound sense, the very concept of America is being vindicated. No one is above the law, and I believe this is going to end up going all the way up to Valerie Jarrett and to Barack Obama, uh, and, and you're going to discover, I mean, you didn't have this much stuff going on, and the President of the United States didn't know it. Uh, and so I think the thing will just keep, keep evolving, keep growing, uh, but I think it will be increasingly destructive of the elements of the left who are breaking the law and we're engaging in corruption. I'm going to tell you why you're right. There was inadvertently the New York Times revealed what you just said about Barack Obama is absolutely true. And I'll tell you about that when we get back. As we continue, former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich, we are awaiting his new book, by the way. It's out in just a couple of weeks. It's called Trump's America. Uh, Your last book was your best-selling book ever. And I think you've had a greater understanding than anybody as it relates to what people don't get about this president. But I want to go back to something we were saying before the break, and that is the New York Times and, and Washington Post and Politico and, and even some of the cable channels now are, are covering the news that they've never wanted to cover. Now, they're doing it in a way that protects the deep state. But putting that aside, a little tidbit in the New York Times, they inadvertently mentioned that for the FBI to interview this, this envoy from Australia, Downer, that there were high-level negotiations. Well, that means that before that FBI interview took place, that John Kerry had to know. That means Obama had to know. And this is at what we're told is the very beginning of the probe. Well, I think that's right. I mean, 
I, I've never believed that you could do something as radical as go to get a FISA court warrant during a political campaign and not have the president of the United States at least briefed on it. And there are a number of other things in there which just, you know, you, you did have Obama publicly saying over and over he was confident that Hillary was, was innocent and that nothing would happen, which is a remarkable level of offering her immunity, if you will, because, of course, she was going to be their party's nominee. And uh, I think that, that you, you see the hand of the White House again and again. And that shouldn't surprise us when you remember that they set out very methodically and deliberately uh, to lie about Benghazi, and they sustained it for weeks. And, and they were willing to go on national television and lie, and simply repeat lies over and over. Sad. I mean, I, I think the, there's a lot in terms of the America we know hanging in the balance here. But like you, I'm more confident than I have been, although desperate people do desperate things. That's why I don't support the IG investigation uh, into the FBI. Now we have an informant in the Trump campaign that we didn't know about, maybe two. But all right, so we look forward. It's going to be June the 5th. You can pre-order on uh, barnesandnoble.com or Hannity.com. We have a link up. Trump's America, former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich. I understand we'll see you in studio tomorrow night. We look forward to having you. Looking forward to it. All right, thank you. Newt Gingrich, 800-941-SEAN. Your calls are coming up straight ahead. Then Sarah Carter, David Jones, also weigh in on this and more. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour. Oh, before we get to the your calls here, and I promise we're going to hit the phones in a second. You know, morning liberal Joe is now known for his incredible music-making talents. <laughs> if you listen to the media, to me, it's just horrid. But he now has some competition. It's sort of like our own little American Idol here. We'll put up a poll on Hannity.com, who you, who you like better. Morning liberal Joe. And then the second song you're going to hear is from uh, Louis Farrakhan's friend, apparently, according to reports. He's denying it. Oh, I just, I've met with him, but I never met with him. And I'm not his friend. And I denounce him. And then, da, 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 da. Yeah. I'd like to know who kept that, that picture of Farrakhan and Obama away from the American people all during the election in 2007 and 8 and through his presidency. Uh, but anyway, here it is. First liberal morning, Joe, and then Keith Ellison. Yeah, he's with the DNC. He's uh, yeah. second in command to, uh, what's his name? Yeah, Perez. All right, let's hit it. Violently.
nice, honest man. I just want straight shooting. If I want to be called a stable genius, I just call my best friend Vlad Putin. Vlad Putin. My buddy Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin. I love that Vladimir Putin. But there was no collusion. I just won the vote fair and square. I didn't buy the election. I just bought off my latest affair. Robert Mueller. I hate that Robert Mueller. I'm firing Robert Mueller. I'm firing Robert Mueller. What good is 130K? I should have paid Stormy more. You can stop asking about Comfefe. That's just Russian for porn. Stormy Daniels. I miss you, Stormy Daniels. Now there's one guy I can't stand. Even though he voted for me, he called me unhinged and unfit. What is it, Tim Polinty? Tim Polinty! But proper Tim Polinty! Tim Polinty! Good luck running on my popularity. I think I'm voting for Ellison. I th- I think I'm voting Ellison on that. I don't know. You know, you really, uh, really have to hate Joe Scarborough to vote for Ellison in that I don't race. hate Joe. I don't that's hate, a deep, deep Unlike hate. you, you hate. You, I mean, the, you, you said you gave up your hate list. You I did said, give up my hate list. Okay, you said you did. Just like you said, treat is absolutely going to make no, it. No, it's more of a post-it note now. It's more of a hate post-it. It's much shorter. Okay. You, you have a hate list. No, I have a hate post-it note. Okay. Righteous indignation. No, it's not righteous. Temples, there's, a, there's a very different... Tables in the temple. No, that's Jesus. You're not what Jesus. What does the Bible say again? Yeah, Jesus wouldn't have used the language you use every 30 seconds. Jesus created me in his image. I'm exactly the way he wants him... I, 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 this is how he wanted me to be. No, I think there's something called salvation that's got to... That we've got to find first, and then you get remade in his image. I'm the, listen, I'm a working So project. you think Jesus wasn't around when I was made? No, I think in the very— I owe everything to him. Excuse me. That's what a true Christian would say, No, I know. agree with that. The very—this ha- is actually a pretty amazing thing. The very hairs of our head are counted. And look at my hair. Thank you, exactly. Jesus. She that's, does have that's great hair. true. See that? You know, it's—well, you're making good points. All Thank right, you, let me Let me get to my busy phones here. Uh, yeah, Kate, that's right. Kate, Kate get is, out while you can. Kate is in Houston, Texas. KTRH, how are you, Kate? Oh, my word. Like, I have to say, I, I'm all about your theological conversation right now. Uh, yeah, we got off on a little, tan- little, you know, we've been on the deep state now for an hour and a half in the show. I just I needed a little levity because I'm so angry at what's happening. I just want to clarify for the audience, we've never left the deep state conversation. It's 24 hours, seven days a week. Yeah, pretty much. That's right. Nobody works harder than you and your team. Yeah, we have and a great so I team. Have to a- you do. All we my do. people. My best friend, Linda. Okay. Kate, I love you, girl. I do. I love Another you, Another puppy. Friend. Go ahead. Yes. I'm right here. Okay. Uh, okay. 
So I just have to ask, because I know this is like a top burning question of the whole weekend. I mean, this is this is big for you. So what did you think of the royal wedding of my dear other friend? Oh, my gosh. You're, you're Harry, seriously? Yeah. My, my, free, my sweet friend, Harry, my prince, and my friend, Megan. What did you think? Okay. You really, uh, you want me to be honest. I'm always no, honest I, with my own. Now, I had to be up, I had to be up Saturday morning. I was in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I was with my daughter. She was playing a tennis tournament. So I had to be up at 6 o'clock to make sure she was up so that she would, you know, her first match was at 8 a.m. And so at that point, you know, she goes with her friends. She goes over to the site. They practice. I don't have any anything to do with all that stuff, and I show up later. So I turn on the TV, and it's blanketed wall-to-wall coverage. And this is what I'm watching. Oh, they just passed. Look. Oh, they passed. They passed. Oh, I think their hands touched. Oh, the kiss, the kiss, the kiss. Look, I I, I respect my you friends know, I in Great Britain. You, Hang on. Can I finish? No. 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 My, I, You're listen. faking it. You're, you're excited. No. You know too much. No. You know too much. I listen. I, I sadly I do because I watched it and I know the whole story. I could tell you about the the crate. Well, I feel bad for her father because he had a heart attack. I could tell you about the crazy brother who wrote Harry and said, "Don't marry my sister." And the sister, the sister that's you know writing a book on it. But but M- Megan hasn't seen her in ten years. See, it's a myth. Mis- and then we could talk about the tiara, and then we could talk about the choice of Windsor Castle over the bigger church. Then I can tell you that. There were 4,600 people at Prince Charles' wedding and uh, about 2,500 at Prince William's wedding. This is an opportunity missed. You should have been the anchor. No. They should have I sent know. you to London. Let me, uh, for a free you vacation? You should have been there. Well, I'll tell I you. would have just loved to no, see no, no, you. We, and here we, she comes your, now. Here's your best dress. It's your, It looks fantastic. Your best friend forever, Ainsley, was there. She and did an awesome job. She knew all about this. And I, because we had her on Friday, that's why I knew a lot of what I knew. Because I prepare for the segment. So the answer is, Kate, with all due respect, I don't care. It's sort of like but, Piers but, Morgan comes. I like Piers Morgan a lot. Piers Morgan comes to America and he tries to compete with me, you know, as the replacement of Larry King. And then he's lecturing America about guns every night. That would be like me as an American going over to Great Britain and saying, I think this whole royal family thing is stupid. And I would be literally run out of the country. In many ways, Piers was run out of the country because people got so mad at, at his position on guns. I have great respect for the British people. I don't understand royalty. I, um, I'm not bowing or curtsying to anybody in life. I'm just not. That's my, I, maybe, does that sound too Jesus. rigid? No, just to Jesus. You can just bow to him. Let's well, I, to I, I, I'll get down on my knees. Watch the movie I Can Only Imagine, <laughs> by the way. If you uh, Have you ever heard that song, I Can Only Imagine? Oh, yes. It's There's a movie about it, and the movie, is it's going to make you cry, I promise you. It's such a good movie. Oh. Well, hey, one last question. Yeah. So Kate's dress or um, Megan's dress? I could give a flying rip. I don't care about any dress. <laughs> oh, just pick one. I don't, I honestly, they're both nice. I don't know. I mean, well, this is, I think Kate nailed it, but I think that Megan just needed a little sparkly belt. You know, if I had the house sparkly belt, jewels, you could put all the yeah. sparkles in the world you want on Megan. Kate wins every day and twice on Sunday. I know. So agree, my best friend Linda. We're so pals. Kate and I, we could have our own podcast. We, we talk we about could. the royal wedding. Goodbye. I'm not talking awesome. about this anymore. We love you, Kate. <laughs> Thank you. Let's go to our phones. Uh, let us say hi to Susanna is in Pittsburgh, PA, Rose Tenant Land. How are you, uh, Susanna? What's happening? Oh, fine. Hi. Hi, Linda. It's nice to have you on with Sean today. Oh, great. This is great. You know, it's all Linda all the time. All right, go ahead. <laughs> 
stay on. I just wanted to. I know you want to get away from the deep state, but don't stay on it. No, because I'm not. In in these elections, that the, they are pitching the rhinos as the only electable one, and they're really doing whatever they can to bury the conservatives because they don't want the conservatives in there who will back Trump and stay with the truth platform. They, there's a lot of people, Sean, I'm convinced, a lot of people afraid of going to jail. Their names are on the, the, uh, the naughty list, and, and they're going to do everything they can to spare themselves, and that's why Trump is their number one enemy. He's the only voice of truth up there. And I want to just say one more thing. Um, this penny plan that you were always talking about, how about our wonderful rhinos in D.C., where only 21 of them voted for the penny plan? Unbelievable. It's sad. I mean, I've been advocating the penny plan. Connie Mack, who has been out of Congress for years now, formerly Southwest Florida, um, a wonderful guy. Him and Rand Paul have been the only two pushing it, and me. And it's the single greatest way we can get to a balanced budget. And unfortunately, the way the president saw a massive vulnerability with our defense uh, because Obama gutted defense spending and he had to give in and say we need the money for defense. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to protect the country. And that was the payoff to get this bill through. But I have confidence we're going to grow our way out of it if we just throw some discipline, fiscal discipline in there. But I got to run. Susanna, thank you. We appreciate your call always. And uh, God bless you. All right. Let's get back to our busy phones as we say hi to John in Long Beach, California. John, all right, hang on. Jacob is in Virginia. Jacob, hi. How are you? Welcome to the program, sir. Sean? Yes, sir. How you doing? It's been a long time. I've been trying to get you for years. Wow. Well, I'm glad you got through. How are you? <laughs> and look, real quick. I watched you on TV one night for the yeah. first time about a month ago. Yeah. And I said, oh, that's what it looks like. Those heart in the side of your head. I was so tickled when I saw what the part in the side of my? By the way, that's not my real hair in this sense. It's my real hair, but but like right now, my hair is all messy. But they comb it for TV. I, I started from day one. We combed it, and we just left it that way, and I never changed. Bless your heart. Well, look, Sean. I won't hold you. I did want to call you, and I always wanted to let you know. <clears throat> To be encouraged. I thought you was about to have a Bible study there a second ago, but mm-hmm. I want you to be encouraged. I need one. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm the Christian that needs the saving. <laughs> and, and continue. Don't stop. Don't come down. Continue to speak the truth. I'm yes, a sir. Christian. I love the Lord, and I love, most of all, the truth. Well, you'll love Ainsley's new book we had on, and she talks about the light within me and and her (laughs) spiritual journey. No, I'm serious. I I mean, if you like it, and she says the exact same thing and dedicated the book that way. Um, I probably need more religion in my life than I have. I'll freely admit it, but I believe in, in God, that he's the creator, the father of all of us, and and I believe the story of Jesus Christ with all my heart. I do. Amen. Well, look, I'm going to tell you, that's what's keeping our president is Jesus Christ himself. When you have all the haters, the CNN. It's bad. Nothing would, nothing would be greater yeah. if CNN so, could get shut down. So you've been listening to me on radio, but you never decided to tune into the TV show until a month ago? Why? Sean, look, I'm a senior citizen. I go to bed at like 9.30. My wife makes me go to bed when she go to bed. <laughs> She makes you go to bed when when she well, goes to say, bed. She'll say things like, honey, you got to get up in the morning early. So we go to bed at I can see who's in we charge got- of this household. <laughs> I see who's winning that battle. Well, here's the thing. Why don't you make a compromise? Say, honey, I'm now best friends with Sean Hannity. And Sean Hannity, okay. I called his radio show, and he asked me every day, three hours a day for radio, one hour at night from 9 to 10, 
and I'll go into the bedroom with you at nine, and then we I just will. we've got to watch Hannity, and then I'll kiss you good night, and we'll go to bed. I promise you. I'll and say our prayers. Talk. I really. I listen to you every day. One day I was coming home. I live in the country, and I pull up to the dumpster where we have to take our trash. You know, I grew up in D.C. Uh, I didn't mean to say it like that, but uh, I'm in the country now, and we have to haul our trash to the dump down the road. Wow. And I pulled in one day, and I had my radio. I had you on my channel. Yes, and sir. there was a gentleman there, and he goes, hey, I listen to him too every day. You like Sean Hannity? And, you know, the thing that startled him was, I'm an African-American, but he didn't know I was a Christian first. That's why I love the truth so much, and I love to listen to your show because no. you speak the truth. But he was so tickled. But real quick, I bought me a uh, Make America Great hat. <laughs> oh, good for you. Well, listen, I got to run for the constraints of time, and uh, I promise we're going to get back to hard-hitting issues when we get back. And um, 800-941-SEAN is a toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. Coming up next, our final News Roundup and Information Overload Hour. All right, News Roundup, Information Overload Hour. Glad you are with us. The Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN is a number. Yeah, not only one spy in the campaign. Well, we might have had as many as two. And God knows if there's any more. And the story just keeps getting more corrupt day by day, hour by hour. You can't even believe it. There was a filing today as it relates to, oh, yeah, that all-important Russia-related news, collusion news of Paul Manafort. You know, the tax fraud case that they dug up from 2005, as Judge Ellis the third has said, was to put the screws to Paul Manafort so he sings, but he may also start composing. Anyway, uh, Paul Manafort in a court filing, is accusing uh, Robert Mueller's pit bull. Guy we've talked about a lot on this program, Andrew Weissman, of leaking information to journalists. And Manafort alleged in court papers that were filed yesterday, last night, that lead prosecutor, the pit bull of, uh, of, of Robert Mueller, was in fact in touch with the AP, and AP reporters shared details of Mueller's investigation into Manafort with them. The time of the leaks, Manafort had not yet been indicted. The former Trump campaign chairman claimed in the filing that Weissman's alleged briefing with reporters amounted to an unauthorized illegal leak of classified information. And not only is leaking classified information a felony, but it was also apparently intended to create a false narrative, public narrative, that Manafort was colluding with Russian intelligence officials during the Trump presidential campaign. Anyway, joining us now to weigh in on this, uh, we welcome back investigative reporter Sarah Carter, Fox News contributor, also David Schoen, criminal and civil liberties attorney. Uh, Sarah, I don't know if you want to talk about this, but some of your reporting was mentioned. You were mentioned specifically in this filing and uh, not in a bad way, just to let everybody know. um, (laughs) But the fact that you're doing your job and you are seeking sources of individuals. uh, I don't know if you have any comment at all. Uh, If you do, fine. If you don't, that's fine, too. I stand by the story, and, and of course, the story uh, has been uh, taken on by uh, Paul Manafort's attorneys, and in this uh, in this case, uh, there's right now because it is ongoing. Um, I'm probably not going to talk about the case directly, but I I can talk about you know the story itself. I mean, and this was. This was quite a while ago, Sean, uh, where Andrew Weissman had met with uh, reporters uh, from the Associated Press. Um, The FBI was there as well. This is before he joined uh, the Mueller team, and that's what the story was about. And uh, the focus of the story was very factually based, uh, had a number of sources in that story, uh, wrote all sides of the story, and uh, presented it uh, to the public. And then, of course, uh, now it's becoming a part of a bigger picture of uh, 
what we've been seeing uh, recently in other stories, uh, particularly the New York Times and the Washington Post, where it appears that a lot of information that could only be, uh, I guess, the, the only be possessed by by people within the Department of Justice and within the FBI has leaked. And uh, it appears that this is what this is all about. Well, I mean, I think there's a lot of important things here. David, look, I, I, if, I, I don't know what this means, but there's a predicament here, I think, for any of us that use sources. And because the media is so lazy, I don't think any of them pick up a phone. I'm on the phone all day. I'm talking to people's sources as often as I can. And I'm never going to give up my sources ever to anybody. And if they want to put me in jail because I'm not going to give any prosecutor or any grand jury a source, then that's going to be Hannity held hostage day 101. Yeah. Look, it's a fundamental tenet of our system. If you weren't using sources, no one ought to want to hear your stories. People want to hear your stories and Sarah's articles because they are sourced, period. Those sources would not come forward for attribution in most cases. And so you have to uh, keep their identity private. But what's happening is here, the media game is being turned on its head by the New York Times and the Washington Post, being all too willing tools for people like Weissman, Comey, etc., so that they're really becoming tools of disinformation, propaganda, and in this case, I believe preemption, because they know now that the evidence is going to come out, and so they put a spin on what that evidence could have been. So in other words, they're not denying anymore there were spies in the Trump administration camp, spy or spies, but they're saying now, well, but we don't believe it was for political purposes. We can't believe anything that we're hearing since all of it has been concealed before or redacted. And so we, this is not just take it on faith anymore. This is why Congress has its obligation to get these documents. And by the way, the president is entirely right to order these documents to be turned over to Congress. This is his Article 2 agency. He demands that justice be done and that there be transparency. Well, there's got to be transparency here. You know, I, let's go to the whole issue. It fundamentally comes down to a very, very simple story about abuse of power by the highest people in the Department of Justice, the FBI, and, and, and the intelligence community, Sarah. It comes down to laws broken by one candidate, a rigged investigation for that candidate, their favorite candidate, and then literally turning the tools of intelligence on the opposition party candidate, and it includes spies within the campaign. We're, we're really, when does this ever happen in American history? Uh, and then lying to FISA court judges repeatedly with false information put together, uh, Russian propaganda and lies now debunked and paid for by Hillary, funneled through a law firm to a, a an op research group, hiring a foreign national. I can't make this up in a spy novel, but it's all true. Every bit well, of it's true. And so public, right? Because in a spy novel, everything happens cloak and dagger, behind the scenes, uh, and then and then it's revealed later, years after uh, you're, it's exposed. This is such a public uh, issue, and we've seen so much disinformation leaked by former members of the Obama administration, uh, people who've been called out now in investigations, like uh, James Clapper and others, and there's so many inconsistencies in their stories that Congress has had to call them back, try to re-clarify. Uh, Sean, this is the reason why Congress is fighting, especially the House Intelligence Committee right now and the Senate Judiciary Committee, for all the documents pertaining to the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act warrant that was taken out on Carter Page. You had four 
warrants on Carter Page, all those were renewed every 90 days. The last warrant on Carter Page was signed off by none other than Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein. And by that point, remember, all of the evidence is cumulative. So they had the dossier. We know that now. That was the bulk of information in the first FISA warrant. But then they had to get more information in order to continue, in order to continue their investigation. They couldn't just rely on the dossier, which they, by the way, already knew was filled with unverified facts and salacious allegations that they had never proven, but that they used and they never told the courts. Now they had to gather more and more information to continue their, uh, their basically their surveillance of Carter Page. And that went all the way into seven months into the Trump administration. Now they don't want to give up those documents. They have been fighting back and forth. It's had to go to the White House, to the president. We saw the meeting yesterday. But Sarah, they're t- we had the meeting yesterday. Now they're talking, oh yeah, we're going we're gonna to allow some access to it. I don't buy any of it because I don't buy any of it either, Sean. And, I don't buy any of it. And let me either. add one. Like let me add one night. thing. Yeah, I, I'm going to tell you something. They, they, going through the Inspector General route is a, a way to delay and probably acid wash uh, away whatever evidence they possibly can. We need an immediate investigation and immediate unredacted versions. The president needs to call for it himself. He has the authority. Absolutely, he needs to call on the DOJ to turn over those documents unredacted. Now, if there are names of particular assets utilized by the intelligence community, then okay. I've talked to people all across the board, both, you know, across uh, Capitol Hill. They can redact those names, but they need the full access to the documents unredacted for the most part to see the process by which the Department of Justice and the FBI went to the Fisk Court and got this secret court to approve all of this surveillance on Carter Page. Because remember, even though Carter Page was never really a part of of the transition team, he never was, he was a volunteer on the campaign. He served a very little time, but it's the access, right? So once they access Carter Page and do surveillance on Carter Page, then they can surveil the people that Carter Page are speaking, is speaking to. And then those people become trapped in this dragnet. And if they can go reach out to them, then they can basically listen in to the people that they're talking to. So how far did this dragnet go? And they have never shown any evidence whatsoever that the Trump campaign was conspiring or anything with the Russians. So what was the evidence that they used? Apparently there was none. I think that's so well said. David Schoen, I'm only concerned here is that I think desperate people do desperate things. And now that all of this has now come to light and, you know, you have simultaneous things happening here. The the Russia-Trump collusion narrative is dead. Even, you know, the Stormy Daniels story is dead. The American people don't care. The president is on a roll with the economy and foreign policy. Uh, That's adding to a, a, a lot of this. And then, of course, I think people now have really are beginning to understand deeply this attempt at a soft coup to undermine a candidate and then a duly elected president, to use the powerful tools of intelligence to do it, to put spies in a campaign, lying to courts at the highest level possible, and and thinking they could all get away with it, putting the fix in on investigations where our justice system is now a two-tiered system. 
one for the Clintons and one for everybody else, one for liberals, one for conservatives. Yeah, look, um, we've effectively taken away the power at the ballot box because you really, I don't mean to overstate this, you really have a group of people like Mueller and his team who have a particular agenda running the country, in effect, because they've paralyzed everything else. What we have to see now, you've identified the problem, what we have to see now is a willingness in the executive branch to say enough is enough. Clear these people out, clear out Rod Rosenstein also, and start from scratch on this stuff to get the country back about its business. By the way, the other layer to this thing, it was not mentioned before, but I know you well know about it, is the specter of a group of three or four people in the Justice Department deciding something like infiltrating a presidential campaign, and they knew better, and they knew not, to, they didn't want to discuss it with higher ups. Think about that cabal. That's one of the scariest mm-hmm. specters we've ever seen. You know, and Sarah, your point about these FISA warrants, I think when we get to Rod Rosenstein's, this is the fourth one, and the bulk of the information or that was presented to the court was the Hillary Clinton bought and paid for, put together by a foreign national, a Russian dossier full of lies. Now, if we see that and that, in fact, they didn't do their job of verification, corroboration, and they didn't tell the FISA judge they lied by omission and didn't tell the judge that Hillary paid for it, yet they knew that. Then we've got ourselves, this this makes Watergate look like stealing a Snickers bar from a candy store. Absolutely. I mean, they're under obligation to tell the whole truth, to expose all that to the FISA courts. Because remember, and I, I think David can explain this in more detail on the legal side of things, there's nobody there at the fifth court, at this secret court, to defend Carter Page. So it's, I mean, there's no one there to defend him. There's no one there to defend any American against this. And remember, they opened a counterintelligence investigation against, uh, well, then, uh, candidate Trump and then President-elect Trump, and then it went on through uh, President Trump's uh, administration, seven months. So they opened this investigation, right, into Carter Page, into the Trump campaign. There's no one there to defend Carter Page. It's a counterintelligence investigation that appears based on all the facts, Sean, every bit of fact that is coming out, that it was either a setup or that they were cavorting in order to affect his, at least the election, and if they couldn't do that to affect his presidency. And I don't understand how Rod Rosenstein, who signed off on the last FISA warrant, is in charge of this. Uh, I mean, I uh, let me tell you conflict. something. A, a massive conflict. And listen, this we're talking about an attempted coup here by a very small number of people with enormous power and an enormous power with tools of intelligence and abusing that power. Stay right there. More with Sarah Carter and David Schoen when we get back. And House conservatives now, they are introducing legislation to appoint a second special counsel, a much better idea than the IG, uh, because, of course, they'd have the power to bring charges. All right, final moment, Sarah Carter and David Schoen. And uh, then, of course, Memorial Day is coming up this weekend. And uh, we're just going to take a moment. How about we honor those people that protect our freedoms every day? We've got uh, House conservatives now, Freedom Caucus Chairman Mark Meadows explaining that they're introducing legislation to appoint a second special counsel. Uh, David Schoen, I think that's a much better answer than giving it to somebody. Maybe he's honorable. We'll find out. uh, Michael Horowitz, but he doesn't have the power to do anything other than a criminal referral. Right. Well, you've identified that that, uh, weakness uh, a couple of times, and you're 100% right. Michael Horowitz is an honest guy, and we've learned from his earlier investigation that he can call it straight. 
but there are no teeth in that thing. We don't know even what's happened to the investigations that have been referred to two other prosecutors. So a special counsel in this case, while we dread it because they seem to be never ending and costing us millions of dollars, may be the only answer. I, I want to make one other point, though. You know, we've talked before about the media, and the media clearly is misleading the public here about what's happening when they accuse Trump of being heavy-handed by telling them to disclose documents. Where are the civil libertarians? Where are my brothers and sisters at the bar in this case? It is an American value to have full disclosure. Civil libertarians always have called for disclosure, and now they're objecting to that. Now they're objecting to the president saying, disclose these documents. We should only have redacted documents. We don't want the information as the American people. If this were turned around, and this were the Obama presidency that these kinds of tactics or campaign had been used against, we'd be screaming from the hilltops, McCarthyism, uh, heavy-handedness, un-American, etc. But it's okay because anti-Trumpism seems to trump, so to speak, every other value. All right, we'll have more on this all tonight. Uh, David Schoen, thank you, and Sarah Carter, amazing work. And I know you, you've been working tirelessly, both of you, to uh, help the American people understand just how bad this has been. But we're making so much progress, thanks to both of you. 800-941-SEAN. And he said, please call all the family and have everyone to pray that I can bring all of my soldiers home. He didn't care if he lost his life. Hi, my name is Anna Lawrence. This is my husband, Tracy Lawrence, and we're the proud parents of Lieutenant Clint Lawrence, who is currently serving a 20-year sentence at Fort Leavenworth Prison. President Obama, I would like to ask you, please, please, please give my son a, a full pardon and send my boy home. President Obama, to date, you have shown mercy and granted presidential pardons and commutations to over 600 Americans who made poor choices and ended up in prison. With all due respect, sir, my son didn't make a poor choice. The only choice that he made was to serve his country. Mr. President, you've acknowledged that those who that you have helped have taken full responsibility for their actions and they deserve a second chance. Our son too deserves that second chance. Mr. President, if I could speak to your heart for a moment, parent to parent, I would like to tell you a little bit about who my son is. My son is a very, very outstanding young man that loves his country and willingly and proudly chose to serve his country. The day of his court-martial, he was able to walk from the courthouse with his shoulders squared back and his head raised high, leaning on the fact and his strength coming from the fact of knowing that he did what he had to do and he left none of his soldiers behind. To him, that meant more than anything. Sir, I asked you to please, please bring my son home. He is an outstanding young man that fought willingly for his country. My son made the decision. I'm very proud for the decision he made because today I still have my son instead of a folded flag. Actions that you have taken have shown me that you believe in second chances. And that's all I'm asking you for, is a second chance for my son. Thank you. 
All right, 24 now till the top of the hour. That was the mother of Clint Lawrence. If you remember back in 2013, we have covered this story a lot, just like the Christian Saucier story. Remember Christian Saucier took six pictures inside a submarine, and lo and behold, he got a year in jail. Oh, from mishandling classified materials. <laughs> Hillary, uh, she got away with murder and, and obvious obstruction of justice on top of it. Uh, she did the same thing on a much deeper level. It's unbelievable. We have a two-tier justice system in America. Anyway, Clint Lawrence, he was literally convicted, this guy, of murder. Sentenced to 20 years in prison. He took over a platoon in Afghanistan in July of 2012. And just prior to his arrival, there had been a number of people in this platoon killed by middle-aged men on motorcycles speeding towards their patrol. That same M.O. happened again, and he had to make a decision. Do I protect my men? Do I, do I defend my men? I know what had happened just about two weeks earlier. Anyway, the prosecution was claiming the Afghani men were innocent civilians, uh, but we now know there's new evidence that has emerged in this case that proved the so-called middle-aged men were biometrically linked to IED events and common, uh, common grid coordinates and linked to other IED markers and linked with American paratroopers having been killed in action. And the new information about Clint's case regarding the Army's uh, 2012 hearing in August report in which the Army admits that the enemy was scouting Clint's platoon that day. They never turned over that report. This man needs a pardon. Anyway, we have Memorial Day coming up, and uh, Congressman Duncan Hunter, who's been from the very get-go, you know, fighting hard on this case, and still this this poor man has not gotten the justice he deserves, and he's innocent. How are you, sir? Sean, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. And, you know, the, the big thing that strikes me about this, it kind of— I hate to draw comparisons with the Mueller investigation on Trump, but what it looks like, these military lawyers and DOJ lawyers, they're not looking for justice. They don't care about justice. They don't care about doing the right thing. They care about convictions, and they care about convictions, even if that means with the But that's evidence. not the military and, I know. types of things. I mean, you know, but, but, but I, I, was talking to Marcus, Sean. I was talking to Marcus Luttrell yesterday, and we, had a, we were just texting back and forth, and everybody knows Lone Survivor. We've all seen the movie, and he was it, and that was real life for him, and he lost— you know, his, these are brothers to him. These these guys, you know, they they all have each other's back. With all the evidence in this case that shows that the people that were charging at them were, in fact, people that could, you know, blow up individual members of their platoon. How were we sitting in the comfort and peace of our towns and our cities in the United States? How were we to make that decision when it's not our ass on the line at that minute? Well, well two things, Sean. Number one, it's the military, but they're military lawyers. These guys aren't, aren't infantry Marines or soldiers or artillery Marines or soldiers. They're lawyers, and they have the same goal as Department of Justice guys do, and that's to get convictions, number one. Number two, what you said is exactly right. You have the people that are sitting back here in, in their nice air-conditioned Pentagon second-guessing what the men do on, on the ground overseas, treating them like cops, treating them like – I mean, cops shouldn't even be treated the way that Clint Lawrence does when the, when the evidence came out that he, in fact, killed bad guys. Hey, and, and there's a new piece of evidence which hopefully will help us get this case reviewed again if the president won't simply pardon Clint. We just got a piece of evidence in the last week. Okay, the, they, We uncovered this. Clint's lawyer uncovered this. 
they they killed another guy after that incident. After they, they killed the bad guys on the motorcycles, they continued their patrol looking for insurgent ambushes, which, which is what they were told to do, and they killed another enemy. No one ever told the lawyers that. No, Nobody. The court had no idea that they had killed another enemy combatant on a totally separate engagement um, after they had killed the, the guys on the motorcycle. So you have, you have things like this that the Army intentionally is keeping from the, the defense lawyer and from the jury. You know, you, you, you see this stuff when the Army screws up, that they just want to cover it and cover it and cover it up. So like Pat Tillman, Pat Tillman, the great football player, died from um, – Friendly fire. fire. The yeah. army, the army could not bring itself to admit that. It took him years to finally come out and say, "Yeah, he was killed by friendly fire." Instead of just doing the right thing in the first place, and I think the army's stuck now because one thing you'll never see a military service do ever. Even God, God bless the Marine Corps, you'll never see the service admit that they're wrong ever. Period. You know. And by the way, joining us now is Captain Roger Hill, author of uh, Dog Company: A True Story of American Soldiers Abandoned by Their High Command. Well, it sounds like exactly what happened in the case. Of Clint Lawrence. How are you, Rod? Hey, How are you, Captain? Hey, What's well, going on? You doing all right? I'm good, sir. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so what a tragedy. Clint did exactly as he was told. He was trained. Actually, he was trained for the circumstances that he was confronted with, and he acted, and his platoon acted exactly as, as they were trained, and they're being punished for it. Now, after the fact, we have found out that the guys that they actually came across and killed were bad guys. My argument is this, though, even if we had found out that those guys that they killed were innocent or we were unable to prove that they had uh, ties to the enemy or ties to bomb makers in this case, um, because of the fog of war and the type of combat that we fight in, uh, the type of fighting that I've seen, the type of fighting that Duncan Hunter has seen, we have to give the benefit of the doubt to our troops on the ground, uh, regardless of how these situations end up but regardless the, of the collateral that's created um, but in this but case, captain captain hill in this particular case that very same platoon was it two weeks earlier or a week earlier this is just before clint lawrence t- uh, took took over the platoon the very same mo happened they were attacked yeah, by well, these well, yeah go ahead that's why he he was there this is duncan again that's why clint was there is because the lieutenant was killed i mean they had their platoon commander killed by military-aged males on motorcycles so Clint Lawrence comes there to relieve the lieutenant who was killed, and then he sees the exact same thing. What would you do? What would anybody in their right mind who's in a combat situation and sees the exact same scenario unfolding that killed his predecessor? You're going to kill those sons of guns, and he did the exact right thing. How, how do we judge in the comfort of our homes? I mean, it is outrageous that we literally are putting handcuffs, and then, of course, these insane Obama rules of engagement – I just want to make sure that this gets the attention it deserves. Has anybody gotten this to President Trump yet? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Sean, this is Duncan again. I mean, I've I've written him letters. You've talked to him and told him this by by name. um, And that was fantastic of you to do. You know, President Trump probably has a bunch of military lawyers whispering in his ear saying, oh, you you can't overturn military justice, blah, blah, blah. We're we're being faced right now with the same bureaucracy that has one of Trump's ears. We need to get the other ear and make sure we make a a better case and get Clint out of jail. I mean, that's it's that simple. I've got to listen. I brought it up in an interview. I've got to ask him again because I, I and he did respond in the case of Christian Saucier. You know, just to show that this is not an isolated incident, Captain Hill, you know, you wrote a whole book on on the story about American soldiers being abandoned. What happened in your case? Well, 
we found out that we had spies operating on our base and then in and around a lot of our patrols. In fact, one of those spies was my interpreter. Um, when we ran what I call a, a sting operation, basically we collected on these guys for a while, found incontrovertible evidence against them, turned that over to our higher command. They refused to pick these spies up for one reason or another. And when the when I was faced with the, the thought of uh, releasing them, which was according to our protocol at that time, our rules of engagement at that time, or confronting them myself and trying to get whatever intel I could out of them. I took matters in my own hands. Um, I interrogated them myself, scared them into talking, and almost ended up in prison for it. And uh, so in, in a lot of ways, the situation isn't a so whole you lot got a, you got a confession out of spies that puts everybody's life at risk, and you get in trouble for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, this, yeah I was why why would anybody that. listening to this who has a maybe a, maybe a young kid, 17, 18, 20 years old, wants to go in the military, why after listening to this would anyone want to go? I mean, it's I bad. I mean, I mean, yeah. if you're, you're willing to already put your life on the line, now you, you're being told that it happens repeatedly, that the government's going to abandon you if you have to make a split-second decision to defend those those brothers that you're out fighting with. Yeah, absolutely. All things considered, I don't know that I could tell my own children to consider the military. I'm sure you feel the same way. Well, I saw. Listen, I, I, I was very clear on the air. If Barack Obama's president, I don't want any anybody I know. Wait till there's a new president. Now I would. I have a much more open mind to it because I know Donald Trump. If he fights, he's going to fight to win it. Yeah, but again, to Duncan's to Duncan's point. Has he gone back and reconciled any of these past grievances? I mean, to me, that would be a true testament to his character. He has the power to do so. Why hasn't he acted? Well, I'm it's not obvious. making excuses for anybody, but I will say that he did in the case of Christian Saucier. That should give us all hope, number one. Number two, um, you see that you see what this president has lived under for the last, you know, since he's become president and the attacks. And yet he's still making a tremendous progress for the country on the economic front, foreign policy. But I am convinced that if these facts are given to him, and yeah, there are a lot of lawyers around a president, which is a pain in everybody's neck. But I am convinced that if he got the facts of this case, that he would do the right thing. Duncan Hunter. This is Duncan again. You know, we, we uh, sent him the letter um, that explained all of these things with the new evidence that, that Clint's lawyer yeah, but you got. but he didn't week. get the letter. You need to go in the White House and the Oval Office and tell oh, him. And, and put it and put it in his hands. Yeah, well, here's what we're going to do, though. We're going to try to get the Army to, to look at this again and save themselves this em- embarrassment. Because this has happened with we've, – we've saved a number of guys. Charles Martland, the, the guy that the beat up the child pedophile in Afghanistan. Army tried to kick him out. Matt, Matt Goldstein. Silver Star Green, Green Beret that killed some bad guys that had killed Marines. The Army tried to kick him out. I probably have about 10 names that I've, that I've saved, kept them in, in the Army in all of these cases, um, because the Army kept screwing up over and over. So this is it'd be great to see the Army fix this, because we don't want to have to, pe- to depend on the personality of the President of the United States going forward with the s- systemic problem we have in the military while we're at war of bureaucrats and lawyers in the Pentagon deciding when guys go to jail because they're committing acts of valor and courage in, in combat, because that's what you have right now. And it's a system problem. It's, it could be fixed by the president. But as soon as you have a different president that doesn't love the military as much, boom, we're right back where we were, where you're having guys getting put in jail for doing their jobs. So this needs, a, this needs a, a system fix where the lawyers get out of the way and the combat-hardened military leaders get to make this, these decisions. 
I couldn't agree more. I do, do believe that this president needs to be briefed in person with the lawyers there. So this way, you know, the, you don't leave the room and then the lawyers come in and say, no, 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 you can't do that. You know, that happens every day. Uh, all right. Thank hey, you, Sean, Duncan uh, Hunter, for what you do. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'm out of I'll time, Captain. When you show up. All right, Captain, we got to roll. Thank you. Thank you, Duncan Hunter. All right, we have the timeline for the biggest abuse of power scandal ever. It's put together by Cheryl Atkinson, reporter. The great one, Mark Levin tonight. Of course, Sarah Carter, Ed Henry, Dan Bongino, Sebastian Gorka, Daniel Hoffman, Jim Jordan, and Matt Gates. We got a busy show. News you will not get anywhere else. You're going to like tonight's opening monologue. We've been working on it all day. That's tonight at 9. Hope you'll join us. Fox News Channel. We'll see you then. See you back here tomorrow. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.